Look in chapter 7 and verse 5. Chapter 7, verse 5 says, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Because they didn't know He was God. They thought their gods was God. And they had a lot of different kinds of gods. But God wants them to know, I am God. You see, if this was true back then, do you believe this is true today? God wants people to come to Him. The true and living God. So all the nations of the earth, all the troubles and problems that we have, I don't care what it is, it's all about God wants people to come to the end of themselves. And He will allow people to kill each other and all these things. But some people will come to the Lord and they'll seek God. The true God. The real God. And this is a day for us to shine. And it doesn't matter how dark the world gets. It's as will we shine as the lights in the world as God intended. So in chapter 7 verse 5 he says, That I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. You will know God did that. I am the Lord. Do you know who I am? And God wants all of us to know it. Look there in verse 17 of the same chapter. Thus saith the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And all the things that he does, you keep that one thing in mind, that they may know I am the Lord. So God works in our lives. He's working in your life because he wants to use you in certain people's lives that they may know the Lord. That we may know the Lord. Look in Exodus in chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9 and look in verse 29. Not just that the people belong to God, but to understand that the earth belongs to God. So you see there in verse 29 of chapter 29, chapter 9, verse 29. And Moses said unto him, As soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hand unto the Lord, and the thunder shall cease. Neither shall there be any more hail. And get this, you ought to underline it, that thou mayest know how that the earth is the Lord's. The earth and everything in it belongs to God. So if God owns this earth and He created this earth, is He free to give it to whoever He will? I mean, if God owns it, then it's His. If He made all the animals and everything else, can God take a portion of it and give it to somebody he wants to? You know where I'm going, don't you? Have you ever heard of a place called Israel? You see, that land over there belongs to Israel. God gave it to Israel. But people have parted the land, which they're not supposed to do. But they've done so. God is going to judge this world. And you know that all these people who want to do Israel in... Isn't it amazing how it seems like they turn against each other and they're doing each other in? You realize how many are being killed over in the Middle East? And the thing is, none of it has to happen. And it doesn't matter what you call their brand of extremism. I've said this before. 
these are just tentacles of the one octopus. And you can fight this little group, and then you fight this little group, and you fight this little group, and then another one grows over here, and then another one grows over here, another one grows over here. You can't win that way. See, what's wrong is the religion of Islam is at war with us. They declared war on us, and we need to understand who we're fighting. It's not those extremists. See, those are not the extremists. The one that's doing all that, those are not the extremists. Those are the good Muslims. They're simply obeying their Koran. It's the other ones who don't fulfill what the command. Those are the bad Muslims. You see, they got it backwards. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. I would rather everybody just know the Lord. Wouldn't it be neat if everybody just trust Christ as Savior and, <laughs> and live in peace? But there can be no peace because they reject the Prince of Peace. So this is so important. So you see there in verse 29 when he says, That thou mayest know how that the Lord or the earth is the Lord's. Now look here in Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. Look in verse 2. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. So you'll know why you believe God is God. Jehovah, He is God. The God of Israel is God. Because nobody has ever done anything for any nation like God. God did for Israel. And how God has preserved those people all these years when the world has turned against them. Now, it's going to be bad coming in the future. But God will always preserve himself a remnant. But he's talking about teach your sons, that they may teach their sons on how to know God. You remind them. Because, see, God doesn't do these same things all the time. Sometimes these are one-time events. They only had to leave Egypt one time. And the flood was one time. And as you go down through time, Christ was born once, never to happen again. He died on the cross once, never to happen again. The rapture will happen once, never to happen again. This tribulation period coming upon the earth for seven years will only happen one time in all of human history. And it'll be the worst period of time that the world has ever known. There's never been a time like it before or a time after. There's nothing like it. And then there's going to be the thousand-year reign upon the earth. It's coming, and it's going to happen, just like God says it's going to take place. So there in Exodus chapter 14, look at Exodus chapter 14. And you'll notice there in verse 4. And notice there's something God wants. And if you see what God wants, then you may understand what he wants from you. What he might want from me. You see there in verse 4, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. He's delivering the children of Israel, splitting the Red Sea. They go across. They decided to follow, and the water came in and drowned them in two feet of water. 
They said that was the Reed Sea. They could have really walked across. Yeah, and all the horses and all the people and all that, everything was buried in, under the water in two feet. No, I believe that um, the water was jailed up on both sides. And it came in on them. He said, how do you know that? I saw the movie Ten Commandments with Charleston Heston when he walked across <laughs> that thing. That movie made an impact on my life. It caused me to believe the Bible. But whenever you see and understand some of these things that the Bible talks about, God says, I want honor. This is why in your, in your life, you and I are supposed to praise the Lord for his goodness. Praise the Lord always. Be thankful always. And we're not. Not to do so is not honoring to God. The reason we're supposed to love each other because that honors God. The reason a man and a woman supposed to stay together is it honors God. But sin causes people not to honor God or each other. And they lose respect for each other. And then they, they lose love for each other. And everything falls apart. Remember, we do what we do because it honors God. Remember when God looked over the banners of heaven and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Pleasing God honors God. Your personal life is to honor God. So therefore, we should do this. So he says in verse 14, I wanted to read it to you one more time, verse 4, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he shall follow after them and I will be honored upon Pharaoh. The Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then other scripture says, the Lord hardened his heart. Now, wait, 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 which way is it? We see, God forces you to a point of decision. If he didn't make you make a decision, well, well nobody would know if you were obedient or disobedient because you didn't have to make a decision. But if you're forced to make a decision, well, he might have forced you to make a decision and you didn't want to make the decision, so you hardened your heart, but it was God who forced you to make a decision. And you hardened your own heart. So God will allow things to happen in your life and you can harden yourself against the will of God. God will force you into making a decision, but you are responsible for your decision. God always wants the best for us. God doesn't do anything to push us away. All your heartaches and problems and your grief is always to get you to the Lord, not to push you away from the Lord. It's because God always loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. He wants the best for us. So keep that in mind. Now look in verse 18. Look in verse 18. Same chapter. And you notice what he said in verse 18. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. You see, as you go through this, you learn a valuable lesson. There's a cause. God isn't getting the recognition he deserves. He is God. There is no other God. And he wants honor. And he wants praise. And he's going to get it by your life or by your death. By your life or by your death. Because, see, God's will will be done. When you obey him, you will get his will. When you disobey him, you will get his will. So you see, God wins. We lose. 
But God has set up laws in this old world. And he says, the law of the harvest. Every man shall reap according to what he sows. Whatsoever thou sowest, that shall you also reap. So if you sow the wrong things, you're going to reap the wrong things. And many adults today are suffering the consequences of bad seed they sown years ago. Bad decisions that they made. Now you've got to live with them. And sometimes you wish you could redo it, and you can't do it. So you've got to try to make, how can God help me from here on out? As he says in the Psalms, David's prayed, Lord, help thou me speedily. It means I need help now, immediately. Hurry. And so we put pressure upon God and blame God if he doesn't come through and when we're the one that we're running from him. There are things in life you cannot control. There's things in life you cannot manage. They're uncontrollable and unmanageable because it lies outside of your power. So therefore, God can control things. God can manage things. So I need to learn to just wait on the Lord. And I've slowed down just a tad. Not a lot, a tad. But here in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 13. Go there to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy 13, look in verse 3. And understand that there's a God in heaven, made heaven and earth, yes, and you, and he wants you to know him. He wants you to honor him, to please him. And so he makes this statement in chapter 13, verse 3. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. Get this. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now think about it. You say, God knows everything. Doesn't God already know everything? Yeah, but you don't. God wants you to know what he knows about you. So he will allow you to be tested. And buddy, are we ever going to be tested? Because God wants something from you. The first commandment in the 20th chapter of Exodus is simply, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Something like that. Well, wait a minute. We don't even know what love is. How do we love somebody? We can't even see them. So God says, I'll let you know what I'm like. So there's things in life that will help you understand what God is like. This whole story about Jesus Christ coming into the world and taking upon himself the sins of the world, see, that tells you something about God. That says, if salvation is free, that tells you something about God. When he said, I'll never cast you out and never lose you, that tells you something about God. When he's going to give us this new birth and we are his children forever and we have eternal life and we're going to heaven, that tells us something about God. When I deserve to go to hell and I don't get to go to hell, that tells you something about God. So you know that God is just because sin was judged. You know God is merciful because 
I didn't get what I deserve. And we know what grace is because I'm getting something that I don't deserve. But I'm not getting what I do deserve. See, you wouldn't know those things about God if God didn't reveal them in the most beautiful story in all the world, which is the story of the cross and what Christ did for us. That's why it's such a wonderful thing to study the Bible because the Bible is the revelation of God. Remember this when he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and without Him was not anything made that was made, and He was the life and all that. And then he says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Then he makes the statement, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God, flesh, manifested to reveal the Father. And he says, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Therefore, he says, be not afraid. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, but I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And that's why all of this is about knowing God. God wants us to know him. And therefore, we should know the Lord. And he's talking about in this verse that you will be tested. You say, do you love the Lord? So God allow a lot of things to happen in your life to find out, do you love God more than what you just lost? Do you love the Lord more then the job you just lost, the salary you just lost, the health you just lost, your loved one you just lost, a child that you lost. See, I've lost a child. I've lost a lot of loved ones. But how much do you love God? If you use anything to keep you from still honoring and serving and pleasing God, then you love something more than God. Some people use the hardships of life as an excuse not to honor God, not to please God, not to be a blessing. And yet it's designed just for the opposite. God wants to know, do you really love me? You say, yes, I do. Then God's going to test you to reveal it to you. So that's why it's important. Look in chapter 13 and verse 3. This verse one more time, but then I want you to see verse 4. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him, and keep His commandments and obey His voice, and ye shall serve Him and cleave unto Him. This is what God wants us to do. Now, turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews in chapter 8. The book of Hebrews in chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, and look in verse 11. The Lord says there's a day coming. And it's coming. Where it says in verse 11, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. There's a day coming when all of God's people, they'll all know God. A time when there won't be any lost people. I don't know how far down the road it's going to be, but that day is coming. But the whole thing about all of this, from cover to cover, is about knowing God. 
We were born into this world. We're lost. We can't find our way. A man is born. He is blind. Cannot see. And that's why God has given us a world that we can see. A certain amount of understanding and intellect. So that we can see the world that God made. And we can read the word that God gave. So God uses the power of reason and the power of revelation to help a man come to God. God seeks after man. And the Bible also puts it the other way. If a man seek God, he shall find him. If you'll seek him with all your heart. Because see, God places within us, there's desires that we have. Before I ever knew the Lord, when I was up here in Pensacola, and I'd walk the beach at night, and I'd get in that lifeguard stand, wee hours of the morning, I was a 17-year-old lost kid. And I was sitting, and I'd look up into the stars at night. And I wondered, who am I? And I wonder, who is he? See, he was looking for me, and I was looking for him. And then one day, my father-in-law got me to sit still long enough, and he got me a Bible and told me the story. Once I knew the Lord, it's changed my whole life. And I wondered, what in the world would my life have been like for the last 55 years if it had not been that my father-in-law explained the gospel to me? That was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me is coming to know Christ as my Savior. I can stand here before you today and say, I know the Lord. I know God. He's more real to me than the clothes I have on my back. I've lived with Betty for 55 years, but I know God better than I know my wife. But then that's true for every man. You know, you, you know, no. But one verse in closing, I want you to look at this verse. Look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And look there in verse 8. Christ is going to come back one day. And notice what he's talking about when he comes back. In verse 8 it says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that, look at the next three words, know not God. Do you think knowing God is important? Evidently, he's taken vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. Well, what do you have to do to obey the gospel? Believe it. You hear the gospel, the good news. The greatest thing you'll ever do is to believe the gospel. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us, hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, and none of us are perfect. So God is revealing things to us. We're all sinners, and we're all going to die. We have to be perfect to go to heaven, and we're not. And then he tells us you cannot earn eternal life. That tells us something about him, too. But it also says that Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh, came into the world. He had no sin, didn't have to die. But because he loved us, that tells us something about God. He took all of our sins, and that tells us something about God. 
He took all of our sins and paid for them on the cross. Came back from the dead. Coming back from the dead tells us something about God. He not only had the power to lay his life down, he had the power to take it again. And he ascended into heaven and said that if you and I would simply, and that's all we had to do, believe this good news. Believe that he did this for us. He made it so simple. That ought to tell you something about God. It wasn't hard and it's not confusing. It's not complicated. It's not based upon you earning it and trying to figure everything out. All you have to do is believe. If you would believe, he said he would give you as a free gift everlasting life. That ought to tell you something about God. So whenever you believe this, you become a child of God for all eternity. And God says, I will be your God and you shall be my people. That's such a wonderful thing to know. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, why not right now in the quietness of this moment, just be honest between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I don't know you, but I want to know you. I want to be your child. I want to go to heaven when I die. And Lord, right now, the best I know how, I will trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. And friend, if you will do that, God said he would save you, save you from hell, give you the free gift of eternal life, and you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. God's been searching for you. He loves you. He's done a lot of things already in your life to bring you to him. Would you trust him right now? And if you'll make that decision, I'd like to know, and I'd like to have you raise your hand and put it right back down. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, say, preacher, that made sense to me. And I want to know that I have eternal life. And I want to trust Christ as my Savior this morning. And I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is anyone at all? Anyone at all? You that already know Christ as your Savior, do you understand that God has not forsaken you? You're his child, and he is working in your life. And he allows a lot of things to happen to test your love for him. Do you love him? Would you honor him? Honor him in your life. Honor him on the job. Honor him in the home. Honor him with your wife or your husband or your children. Always seek to honor the Lord. God's after that. That's pleasing to God. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We ask your blessings upon each one here. We pray, Lord, your will to be done as we seek your will in all of our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.